We're so glad you're here, and I'd like for you to join me in a moment of prayer before the message. We just, uh, this is a very special day. This is Father's Day, and we want to uh, just honor all the men that are here. Hope you're blessed. I want everybody to be blessed. Trust you've been blessed in our worship as we've sung those praises to the Lord and, and given honor and praise and glory to the name that's above every name. Would you join me now and pray that the Lord will just touch every heart in these next few minutes of this service and that what the Lord would have will be accomplished in this room today. Shall we pray? Father, we love you today and we give you praise. We thank you for your presence that we have sensed in this place today already. Thank you, Lord, for your presence that we know is here when we come together in your name, you've promised to be right in our midst. You also said that you inhabit the praises of your people. And oh, we thank you for that holy habitation today. Now come Holy Spirit in these next few minutes and quicken our hearts and our minds and let the word of God speak deep to the spirit man and draw us into the very presence of God for our time at the altar today, we pray. In Christ's name, amen and amen. Thank you. God bless you, and you may be seated. I really feel like the Lord has, has given me a specific word for our services today. We had a wonderful service at the 830 hour and a great crowd at 830. 830 just continues to grow, and we just praise the Lord for that. And we're glad for all of you that are, are with us today, and we just, uh, and we just praise the Lord. But um, I, I, I just feel like that there, there's a, a word that needs to be spoken here on this Father's Day that if we can get a hold of it, it has the potential of, of affecting in a very positive way the whole world that we live in, the area of the world where we live, our surrounding and surroundings, the people that we come in contact with on a daily basis. Let me begin by telling you a story. A friend of mine, Pastor Larry Stockstall, was uh, down in Destin, Florida last year, and uh, he'd been preaching, oh, over 150 uh, times already that year, and so he's really tired. He and his wife took a couple of days just to get a little break and a little rest and uh, relaxation, and, and uh, <clears throat> he had kind of dozed off uh, to sleep, and while he was asleep, he must have really been tired because the storm didn't even awaken him. But a horrendous storm uh, just suddenly came in. I mean, wind blowing, rain coming down, and just like sheets, and and actually blowing sideways. You've seen those those storms where the look like the rain is is coming sideways instead of coming down. It, it was one of those. And lightning was flashing everywhere. It was an electrical storm, just, just uh, unbelievable. Well, um, when he woke up, his wife told him, said, Larry, I, I want to tell you what I saw while that storm, she was telling him about the storm. She said, right in the middle of that storm, and it was a dangerous storm. The winds were so high and the lightning was so um, pronounced and close to them. She said, you see that flagpole out there? And he said, yeah. She said, I saw a man when that storm started and was at its worst point. I saw a man walk out there to that flagpole. And he stood there for a moment and looked up. The flag was still flying. And he put his hand over his heart. 
stood there for a few seconds. And then he backed up a few steps and he saluted that flag. And with the lightning popping all around him and the thunder rolling and the winds blowing and the rain just torrential, he lowered that flag and carefully folded that flag tucked that flag under his arm and walked back inside the building and she said I'm sure that he put that flag in a very special place where it would be protected and be honored and Pastor Larry immediately responded he said that was a veteran that was a veteran she said how do you know he said because that man looked beyond that piece of cloth and saw what it stood for and gave honor to it no man in his right mind would go out in a thunderstorm like that especially with the lightning flashing so close around and just take down a piece of cloth but when that veteran looked up at that flag he saw that it represented our country and it represented a country that men and women literally by the millions since the beginning of our nation to that day had given a part of their lives time to serve the country in parts of the world all over the world and thousands of them never returned because they put, they paid the supreme price for our freedom he was looking beyond that piece of cloth to what it represented and those stars and those stripes meant something to him and he gave honor I want to talk to you today about honor if there's ever been a time in the history of our nation where we need a revival of honor it's today we need a revival of honor I, I think of honor <clears throat> sort of like gravity. You know, gravity is something you don't have to talk about. You may not have even thought about gravity for a long, long time, but you're affected by it. I can promise you that. In, in fact, th think about this for just a minute. If I had a switch up here on this table where I could just flip it and turn gravity off in this building, <laughs> In just a few minutes, we'd have chaos in here because you'd start floating out of your seats and bumping into one another. It'd just be chaos. And then if I could flip it back on, you could, you'd come down in your seat real quick, maybe in somebody else's seat. But uh, and, and I, I hate to admit this. It's not spiritual at all. It's, it, it, there, there is... There is a little mischievous side of me that, that I've never been able to get sanctified. And, and, and when I, I the, these thoughts ran through my mind when, and, and, and I'm, I'm embarrassed, but it's true. I, you know, I thought, boy, wouldn't that be fun if I could do that? Especially if I could specify, maybe I could say, you know, if I had it where I could say um, section C, row four, C3. Yeah. You know, if I catch somebody dozing off or something, you know, I could just, I could just cut your gravity off and you just float up. And when you woke up, you'd be in midair. <laughs> and then I could cut it off and put you down and you'd stay awake. The red, but that um, has nothing to do with my message whatsoever. It's just a, just a, 
a mischievous thought. But the point I want to make with that is that gravity affects all of us, whether we think about it or don't think about it. And gravity, by its very nature, helps keep order. You understand? Like I said, if you flipped it off, we'd have disorder in here in a, in, in a heartbeat. But it helps create a... Did you know that honor is sort of like that? You don't have to think about it. You don't have to plan it. You don't have to do anything. It, it just... It's, it's operating in all of us. And when there is not the presence of honor then there is chaos and confusion. I can tell you this. Any area of your life where there is not honor present and operating, there is disorder. I can tell you that. So let's talk about honor for just a little bit. I'm, this is a simple message and it's not a long message. I, I just want to give you three areas where I think we need to restore honor in this nation. First of all, we need to restore honor to God. We need to honor God. Did you know there was a, you go, go back a few generations ago, and I don't live in the past, you understand that, but, but I, I just want to tell you, those of you that are older and remember the generations before you, there was a time when God was honored in this nation even by people who weren't saved. I, I mean, people that just lived like the devil, they still had an honor and a respect. When I began elementary school, we still had prayer and Bible reading every morning in public schools. We pledged our allegiance to the flag. We prayed the Lord's Prayer. We memorized the Ten Commandments and the Golden Rule and a number of other scriptures throughout the year. And there was, there was devotions, and people honored and respected that. People who did not go to church respected and gave honor to God. We need a revival of that. We need honor to God, first of all, in our worship. When we worship, I, I love the songs that we sing that give honor to God. I like that last song that we talked about, the, and, and we were saying, Lord, you're the one that reigns, and we're, we're recognizing who he is, and we're recognizing the position he holds, and we give honor to God for that. The psalmist in chapter 8 began his psalm by saying, Oh, Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. He's giving honor to God. And then he gives that psalm, and at the end of it, he ends it like he begins. He said, Oh, Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. There should be honor in our worship, every part of our worship. If you look at the last book of your Old Testament, the book of Malachi, it's like an ongoing dialogue between God and Israel. And Israel had lost their honor and their respect for God. And God's calling them on it. And, God's, God's, and there's about five different things that God addresses. And I'm not going to go through all of those. But uh, one of them was the area of worship. And he said, you know, what, what about your worship? And, and by the way, that affects not only the worship of God, but the, the second point of, of, of honoring God is in our, in our giving to God. We should worship God or we should honor God in our giving. And in chapter 4 of Malachi, God says to Israel, said, uh, you've dishonored me in, in your worship and in your giving. And they said, well, wherefore have we dishonored you? 
And, and God told him, said, even in your tithe and offerings, you've dishonored me. And they said, how have we dishonored you, God? And he said, well, he said, you, you come to church and you just bring me just any old thing. They, they were bringing little old sick, broken animals that wouldn't have benefit or use for anything else. And they said, well, we just offer this to God. Nonchalant. And God said, I tell you what, why don't you take that kind of offering to your governor and offer it to him? See what he has to say. So he called them on that. We should honor God in our worship. We should honor God in our giving. When we present something to God, it should be whether it's our worship and praise or whether it's our, our tithe and offering when we come to, to the house of the Lord. Whatever it is we give to God, we should give to God as an honor to him. By the way, that passage of Scripture in Proverbs that talked about honoring God with the first fruits of your income, what God says is when you give in honor to me, then I will bless your storehouse and I will bless your barns so that they will be plenty. That's where the blessings of God come, not just giving. You know, you can give but not honor God and you don't get the blessing that comes with it. But when you honor God, God says, there's a blessing. I'll rebuke the devourer for your sake. I'll, I'll fill your barns. I'll bless you. That, that's where that blessing comes in. And then, and then we should worship as, and, and honor God with our living. Did you know people are watching how we live? If you got a New Hope sticker on your car, please live right, act right, especially when you're in traffic. I had, I had a pastor friend one day he was out and he, he was in a hurry and he got behind this guy and this guy just kept creeping along. He blowed a horn at him. Finally, he got a chance and he ripped around him and he looked over at him and, and just snarled at him and, and went on down the road. And, and just a, a few seconds later, his cell phone rang and he answered it. And the voice on the other end said, pastor, did I do something wrong? Whether, whether we realize it or not, people are watching us. And our lives are to give honor to God. We are to honor him with the way that we live. What, look what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 16. He said, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Our lives should bring honor to the Lord and should cause other people to honor God when they see how we live. Second area that needs honor desperately today in the United States of America, we are to honor our government. Did you know that? We need a revival in honor to our government. This includes the federal, the state, and the local authorities, whoever they are. There, there, there should be on. Let me quickly give you some scripture because I can tell some of you aren't real impressed with that. Um, in fact, let me say this. <laughs> I'm older than most of you, and I remember presidents all the way back to Dwight David Eisenhower. I remember my folks talking about Harry Truman, but I don't remember Harry Truman that well. I, I do remember Dwight D. Eisenhower. I'm sort of, I'm sort of like the, the old boy that, uh, that uh, he said, I, I went to school for, for about four terms. He said, um, 
and Truman, Eisenhower, <laughs> Kennedy, and Nixon. He, he, just, you know, he, he was in school a long time. But anyway, the, the Scripture says, let me give it to you, 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 to 4. Therefore I exhort first of all, first of all, that supplication, prayers, intercession, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and all who are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. Back to this gravity thing. When we, when we don't have honor, there is disorder. And I can tell you this morning that we could solve a lot of the problems in this nation if we could just get honor back in the hearts of the people towards our government. Don't shout me down this morning. <laughs> a few years ago, a few years ago, I had... Uh, you know, Augusta's affected congressionally by the 10th district and the 12th district. There are people who come to our church from both those districts. And, and one Sunday morning, I had, I had um, Congressman Paul Brown to speak. And, and uh, boy, did I get some flack for that. He said, you, you just had him up there because he's a Republican. And, um, and then uh, sometime later, I had uh, Congressman John Barra up here and let him speak. And, and then I got flack from other people who said, why in the world did you let that Democrat uh, get up there and speak? Uh, because they represent us. Because they represent us. I, I felt sort of like the guy in the Civil War. He didn't want to take sides, so he wore a blue pair of pants and a gray coat, and he got shot at from both ends. <laughs> and... and, and uh, that's what happened to me. But the fact is, remember that veteran looking at that flag? We've got to look beyond the personality, and we've got to look beyond the person, and there needs to be honor among the constituents in this nation for the position that they hold, period, 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 whether it's your party or not your party. Whether it's your man or your woman or not your man or your woman, whether you voted for somebody else, it, it, that doesn't matter. The position deserves our respect and our honor. And God's Word says that first of all, one of the first things that we ought to pray for, our prayer life ought to be initialed by prayer and thanksgiving and supplication for those who are in authority, we need to pray for them. They might do a better job if we'd pray for them as much as we talk about them. In fact, I'm sure that they probably would. Um, they, des they deserve our honor for the position. Now, <laughs> I, I know you say, why don't you preach that to them up there? Do you see how they're acting? Do you see how they talk to one another? And so, yeah, I do. And I don't like it. And I have to admit to you, sometimes I... I, I have to fight my flesh because if I would pray like I'd like to, sometimes I'd like to just say, God, why don't you just kind of tilt Washington a little bit and just let it kind of slide off into the Atlantic Ocean. <laughs> but, but, but that's not scriptural and that's not spiritual and it's not right. We are blessed to live in a nation that the government is really of the people and by the people and for the people. 
And if we don't like what's going on, we're blessed to have options in this country. If you don't like what's going on, then vote your conviction at the next election. And you say, well, preacher, I did and I lost. Well, honor what won until the next one and then vote again. And if, if, if you're not satisfied and you're really, really still upset at, at, because you lost your vote or you don't like what's going on, we have avenues in our country to express our policy disappointments. We should never take it personally. It should always be about the policy. If I don't like the way my representative votes, I can pick up the phone, call Washington, tell him or her. I can send them an email. I can send them a text message. I can, I can voice my disagreement. If, I, if I'm so inclined, I, it's legal and constitutional. Constitution gives me a right. I, I can go up to Washington and walk up and down the street and tell them that I disagree with their position. And hey, if you still don't like it, why don't you offer yourself for the job? We can do that in America, you know. If you don't like what the president's doing, why don't you run for president? Amen. You say, preacher, that's crazy. No, it's not. We need more God-fearing men and women that will give themselves to serve our country. But don't dishonor the office. Don't do it. I'm going to tell you a couple little stories, and, and, and it's not because of the political. Forget politics for a minute. I'm, I'm using this particular man as an example because he comes from a, he was old when he got elected the first time. So he goes way back, and, and this was kind of the attitude of the generations before him. But President Reagan, I, I remember specifically something that happened one day that really impressed me while he was president. They, they were having a, a briefing, a news briefing, uh, um, uh, uh, um, uh, invited, you know, the media down to the press room at the Capitol, and the air conditioning had gone all, out, and it was hot summertime, and it really got uncomfortable out in, in the room, and, and news people were taking off their coats and pulling loose their ties and, and, and getting comfortable, and finally one man raised his hand, and President Reagan recognized him, and he said, Mr. President, it's terribly hot in here, and you can see that we've all taken off our coats. If you, if you, if you want to, you won't offend us if you'd like to take off your coat. And President Reagan said, I have too much respect for the office to take off my coat. Do you see what I'm saying? You, you got to look past the flag to what it represents. You got to look past the person to what the office represents. And the office deserves honor and respect, period, Amen. according to the scripture. <laughs> Let me ask you a question, and, and I'll leave it and go on from there. Do you folks even read your Facebook messages before you hit send? <laughs> Listen, I, I, I'm not shooting at you this morning. I, I, I know I'm getting, I had an overseer one time. This has been years ago. I was, I was just a young pastor, and I fired him off a letter. I didn't like something he did. Boy, I, I sent him a scorching letter. <laughs> And he called me into his office, and he could have really done me damage. But he was very kind to me and talked to me a little while. 
And we, we, when we finished talking, we worked out our differences. And then he said, before you leave, could I make a suggestion? He said, I notice you write a whole lot more curt and disrespectful than you talk. So he said, I'd like to make you a suggestion. When you get steamed up about stuff, go ahead and write a letter. But when you finish writing your letter, read it, tear it up, and throw it in the garbage. And you'll get along better. That was good advice for a young pastor. And I've done that a few times. <laughs> well, let me... <laughs> Let me move on, okay? Will that, everybody okay with that if I, if I just move on? <laughs> We're also to give honor to spiritual authority. Let me read you some scriptures. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 17. Obey those who rule over you and be submissive, for they watch for your souls as those who must give account. Let them do so with joy and not with grief, for that would be unprofitable to you. Did you know that people who work with you, regardless of what capacity, it could, be, it could be your grow group leader, but whoever it is that, that takes the time to pour into you, they, they're giving account to God. And the scripture says that we should give honor. In fact, 1 Timothy 5, 17 said, let the elders who rule well be counted worthy of double honor, especially those who labor in the word and doctrine so only time the, the term double honor is used in Scripture at all. But, but it covers even in the area of spiritual authority. And then <clears throat> we should give honor to family authority. Let, let me look at what the Scripture says about how we're supposed to treat our wives, brethren. Look at this in Ephesians 5, 25 to 28. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word that he might present her to himself a glorious church not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing but she should be holy and without blemish. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies he who loves his wife loves himself. We, we, we should honor the person that God has given us as a helpmeet to work alongside of us. Husbands, we should give honor to our wives. Boy, it's a good place for you ladies to say amen. 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 I got, got a few here. But the, but the scripture teaches that. I know this is a cultural thing, but it bugs me. I see guys walking along sometimes. They're walking 10 feet ahead of their wife, and she's dragging along behind. They'll open the door and wave to the adoring crowds that are waiting on them and let the door slam in their wife's face. And, you know, Scripture says when you honor your wife, you're really honoring yourself because you're the one that's responsible as a spiritual leader for how she develops spiritually. Did you know that? If you got a wife that's, that's a problem or got characteristics that you don't like, it's not a reflection on her, it's a reflection on you. Honor her. 
Treat her like a queen, and she'll treat you like a king. I, I got a suggestion when, when you leave this morning, when you, when you get to the parking lot, go all the way around the, her side of the car and open the door. And you've heard me say this before. When, when you get her up off the ground, where she's passed out help her in the car and then close the door and then walk around and straighten up your little shirt and hang your put your head back and go around the other side and get in the car and act like the man that God intended for you to be we should honor our wives amen, amen. praise the Lord I'm going to say amen if nobody else does. Praise the Lord. Yes. <laughs> I'm telling you, it, it worked. Several years, several years ago, Queen Elizabeth, um, they were celebrating her 60th year as queen. I, I think now it's 62, I believe. I, and I could be wrong on that. Um, you can Google it and find out, I'm sure. But um, they, they had a special day for her. And um, they showed films of her when she was 25 years old and them cor the coronation and them setting the crown on her head. And, and, and they took her out to the Thames River and, and had her throne set there on the banks of the Thames River. And a thousand ships came by with all of the sailors in their dress whites honoring her and, and uh, saluting her as they went by in honor of her 60 years as reign of queen. Let me tell you, the queen of England doesn't deserve a bit more honor than my wife does, amen, from me, I'm saying. I'm not expecting you to do that for her, but I'm to do that for her, according to the scriptures. <clears throat> and ladies, this goes for you too. This same fifth chapter of Ephesians, drop down to verse 33, says, Nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself, and, you get this, let the wife see that she respects her husband. God calls on you ladies to give honor to your husband. And today's a very good day to do that. This is Father's Day. To give honor to your husband. He's not perfect, I can promise you that. But you guys made a vow before God, not a contract, a covenant. And you said, for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health, to love and to cherish till death do us part. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> Praise God. I got one person with me back there this morning. That means that you don't just honor him when things are going great. We all disappoint one another, I can tell you. That means on that day when you you fixing to go to the grocery and you, you tell him, said, uh, please get the garbage to the street before I get back. And you go get the groceries and you come back and you see that the garbage can has not been taken to the street and the garbage truck just passed you by leaving your subdivision. And you get to the house with a carload of groceries and you're lugging them to the door and you're hollering for your husband and 
and you don't get any response and finally after you unload the car by yourself you go in find him sound asleep on the couch with the clicker in his hand and the devil will tell you what do you need with a husband you don't need a man in your life you'd be better off if you didn't have him we honor on those days as well you got to look past the couch and the clicker and you got to give honor to the position because it brings order to the home remember gravity it brings honor it brings uh, it, it it brings order when we give honor and then what about the children Ephesians 6 2 and 3 says honor your father and mother which is the first commandment with promise that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth you know there's a again I know I know it's a change in culture but it it bothers me when I see the dishonor that there is with children towards parents in some situations. And, but they don't know if we don't teach them. We ought to teach our children that there's a, there's a special promise in God's Word that is connected to a very vital blessing that goes along with giving honor to your parents. You say, well, preacher, you just don't understand what I'm going through. I had someone talk to me this week about the fact that, that they had a parent that was less than honorable. But we honor that position, whether they did right or did wrong, whether they hurt you or helped you, whatever they did. We honor the position, and then God will bless you. You understand how that works? God will bless you. Don't, have, don't mean you have to agree. It don't mean you have to compliment bad behavior. You don't do that. But you honor the position that they hold. And by the way, that works both ways as well. Colossians 3.21 says, Fathers, do not provoke your children lest they become discouraged. We're supposed to honor our kids. Did you know that? We are. And, and I, to me, one of the most dishonorable things that I see some parents do with their kids is they want to live their lives through their kids. Sometimes moms want to, they're going to make that girl become the, the beauty queen and the star that they envisioned or imagined or fantasized that they would be. And so they try to, and dads do that too. You know, I'm, my boy, my boy, he'll be, he'll be praying left field for the Braves because I'm, I'm living my life through him. Well, it's okay to bless your kids in those areas if that's the area that God has gifted them and blessed them in. But what if it's not? I see some little boys that, that they aren't interested in sports. They're not gifted in sports. They're not talented in sports. But they're really good in some other areas. They may be a technical genius. And they got a dad that's trying to make a superstar out of them on the athletic field because that's what he wanted to be. And so he's going to force that. No, 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 no. Understand your child and don't provoke them to wrath and don't discourage them, but honor them. And you've heard me say many times, you, what you ought to honor with your kids is character. I tried to go to all my kids' ball games, and, and we were blessed in that area. Both my kids played baseball, football, and basketball. And, 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 and one of my sons actually went to college on a scholarship for baseball. And, and, and I, I, I understand where that is, and I try to go to the games and all. But let me tell you, it's more important that you applaud their character than it is for you to just applaud their talent. 
We got a bunch of superstars today in the athletic fields of every sport that you can think of that have the rottenest, low down, the sorriest attitude, and their character is is in the gutter. And I think it's because they all they were ever applauded and blessed uh, or, or uh, cheered about was their talent and never their character. Man, when my kids took out the, cra- uh, the garbage without being forced to or hounded about, I, man, we applauded. Yeah, boy, that's a way to go there, guy. That you, man, that's, ah, and boy, to mow the yard without having to fuss at them, you know. Applaud their character. Bless them. One more point, and I'm going to bring this to a close. We need to honor all of God's children. Let me give you some scripture, Romans 12, 10. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love in honor, giving preference to one another. Do you see what we're supposed to do in the body of Christ? I'm supposed to prefer you over me. You're supposed to prefer your wife over you. And you're supposed to prefer your husband over yourself. And you're supposed to prefer your neighbor. Over, and this is the way it works in the family of God. I heard one guy said, we ought to just try to out-nice each other. Uh, we ought to just say, I'm going to be nicer to you than you are to me. And you say, no, I'm going to be nicer to you than you are to me. Boy, wouldn't it change the atmosphere if we had that kind of... Look at this one, First Peter 2.17. Honor all people. Let me ask you this morning, who are we supposed to honor? Because we're all God's children. Look at the rest of this. Love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. Honor the king? Do you realize when this was written? If you don't like the administration we got now or the one that we had before or the one that we had before that or the one before that, I, but, uh, listen, you should have lived in the time when this was written. You know who the king was? Nero. You know what Nero was doing to Christians? And this is written to Christians right here. Nero had these beautiful gardens at his palace. And he'd go out in the evening and enjoy his gorgeous gardens by the light of... Here's how he lit his gardens. He had these these poles on which he put the lights. And the lights were Christians that he caught and covered them with pitch, a tar-like substance, and then set them on fire. And put that pole on a stand. And so the dying, crying of Christian martyrs being burned to death, a slow kind of burn, as that tar would burn down until it finally got to them and and disintegrated their bodies. That's the way he was lighted. And he says, honor the king. Listen, (laughs) we don't have politicians that bad. But he said, honor him. Why? Because he was looking past the cloth to the office. Honor all people. That means we're supposed to honor each other. I know some people that only honor people that they look up to, people that they consider to be above them, people that they consider to have a higher position than them. It's good to honor all of those that are over us. But the scripture doesn't stop with that. He said, we're supposed to honor everybody. 
I love that about the Word of God. There's no big I's and little U's in the kingdom of God. We're supposed to honor everybody. We ought to be honoring the Asians. We ought to be honoring the Africans. And we ought to be honoring the North Americans and the South Americans and the Europeans. And, and we ought to be honoring the, uh, the Australians. And we ought to be honoring the, the, what few people live in the, an, in the Arctic region. And, and um, I started to say the Antarctica as well. I don't think there's anything down there but penguins. And I can't find anything about honoring penguins but I, I'm trying to cover the continents here in, in other words we're supposed to honor everybody 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 there's no race creed or color in in this thing of the kingdom of God we're supposed to honor everybody I'm supposed to honor you and you and you and you and you and you and everybody praise God some people so some people only honor people that they can kind of you know look look up to and then everybody else they kind of look down their nose at if you have less education than they do or if you make less money than they do or if you live in a neighborhood that's not quite as uh, as uh, high brow as theirs or if you drive a car that's less than theirs I, I i don't i don't care who it is where it is or what it is if it's a if it's a person it's a child of god and we're to honor god's children we're to honor one another And here's the thing this morning. You can be a world changer if you can get a hold of this word and put it into practice in your life. Honor everybody. If what you say doesn't give honor to them, don't say it. If what you're writing doesn't give honor to them, stop writing it. We're to honor one another. Will you stand with me, please? I'm convinced that our nation would change if we could have a revival of honor. I'm going to ask you, if you can and, and you will, to stay with us to the very end of the service. We're, we've kind of changed the format this morning. You'll notice that we haven't even received an offering. The ushers will be at the back door when you leave this morning. But what we'd like to do is, is end with a, a big celebratory song at the very end. So if you if you'll be kind enough, plus somebody's gonna, we've got some prize for you guys here this morning on Father's Day. So I hope you can stay with us. But right now, here's what I'd like to do. We did this for mothers on Mother's Day. I'd like to do this this morning for the men. I'd like for every man in the audience that if you're comfortable to come forward and you you can and will, I promise I won't embarrass you. But I'd like for you to just come and join me right down here. Just stand here. I want to pray a prayer of blessing over you on this Father's Day. Just every man in the house, regardless of your age, if there's any young children here, that's fine. Come on. Uh, I'd like for, for the men to come. And uh, we just want to pray that God will bless you in a very special way today. Oh, I'm praying that God will restore honor to our nation. I can't change the culture of Washington by myself from here. But I can do something about this guy that's standing up here looking at you this morning. And you remember when I preach and point out there to you, I've got three fingers pointing back here at me. 
I tell folks, when a message seems a little hard or whatever, God gets me and then I get you. So I've already had to deal with this. I've had to repent over some of this stuff in my life. God's dealt with me about this in my life. What kind of honor am I giving? Am I being a good example of giving honor? So I'm not preaching at you this morning. I'm preaching with us together. And I'm praying, oh, God, restore some honor. And and you just never, you know, the butterfly effect, any of you have heard about that? You know, butterfly flying on the other side of the world, just that little flapping of the wing affects the wind currents that change there and a little more and a little more and a little more till you can actually feel the results of that on the other side of the earth. So what I'm saying to you this morning, if, if every man that's standing up here today would just join me and, and just make a commitment to, to embrace honor, we can change the little world that we live in. And you never know how, when you affect somebody over here, how they may turn around and affect somebody else over there. And then they affect somebody else over there. And before you know it, that influence has spread all the way across our nation. I say, God, do it again. Give us a revival of honor. I want to pray for you today and just pray that God will bless you. And I do want to say this before I pray. If there's anybody standing here, here or in the audience anywhere, and you haven't received the Lord Jesus as your personal Savior, why don't you just open your heart while we pray and say, Lord, come in and be, be the Lord of my life. I ask you to forgive me for my sins. And I ask you to be my Lord and my Savior. He'll do that. The Bible said, he that comes unto me, unto me, I will in no wise cast out. He will do that. So open your heart to the Lord, whatever you need, while we pray together. Ladies, would you stretch your hands this way and help me pray a blessing over all these men today? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I stand here this morning, and I see this marvelous group of men, men of all ages, men of different races, men from different cultures, men from different backgrounds. Lord, we just bless them today because they're all your children created in your image. And you created them for purpose. And Lord, you placed upon them responsibility. And you've called them all to leadership. Lord, I just pray that you'll bless them today in a special way. On this Father's Day, let them, let them receive the blessings of the Lord. And God, I pray that it'll go beyond just this day. I pray that they will sense there's favor upon their lives. And Lord, as they begin to walk out and live lives that give honor to you and, and honor to everybody that they meet, that people will begin to sense something different about them. And the favor of God will cause them to rise. There'll be promotions on their jobs. They'll be effective in their communities. They'll be mighty men of God that will help change our nation and the whole world. In the wonderful name of Jesus, our Lord, amen and amen. Praise God. Give God praise, will you? Give God praise. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah.